Hi everyone, this is your new host, Kiara Lozano with Walton Biz Talk, a student-run podcast where we have casual conversations about professional things. This podcast is powered by the Business Communication Lab at the Sam and Walton College of Business. And this season, we'll be digging deeper into the importance of innovation in our everyday life. We'll be having guests from all industries, backgrounds, and expertise share their contributions and thoughts on innovation as our world continues to change. Hi, everyone. As we all know, over this past year, many businesses have shifted towards working remotely and operating strictly through virtual teams. Many students have been left wondering, what does it mean to be an intern right now? I am your host, Kiara Lozano, and today I'm joined with Mia Norton, Ryan Decker, and Sam Lipson as we have a discussion panel on how the internship experience and job searching process has changed due to the pandemic. All of us are current or past BCL tutors, and we're more than excited to be sharing some tips and advice on how to make the most of this experience and hopefully help you navigate through the next step in your professional development. So Mia, Ryan, and Sam, could you all introduce yourselves and just share a little bit about your past experiences and what you guys are currently working on? Mia, let's go ahead and start with you since I know that you've been out for a little bit. Okay, great, thanks. Yeah, so my name's Mia and I used to be a tutor at the BCL. Feels like a while ago at this point. Um, I was um, in an accounting major and I was involved in a bunch of organizations on campus and I interned with Deloitte and Edward Jones and so kind of had that opportunity to see finance and accounting. And now I'm working at Deloitte full time. I've been here for about seven months and I'm really working on different areas of the client that I'm you know, auditing and it's been super exciting and interesting being virtual. So I'm enjoying it. Yeah, and I'm Ryan. Obviously, uh, people who have listened to Walton Biz Talk in the past probably recognize my voice, but uh, I'm a senior finance and accounting student here at the University of Arkansas with minors in business analytics and communication. Uh, in the past, I've had internships with Walmart in their global audit services department. Um, and this last summer, I had a virtual internship with PwC and will be starting at Walmart after graduation in May. Uh, in global audit services. So I'm really excited for that and just finishing up my degree right now. Yeah, and uh, my name is Samuel Lipson. Uh, I am currently the head tutor at the Business Communications Lab. And uh, though most of you watching the podcast probably don't know who I am, I am the also the guy who is responsible for all of the audio editing behind the podcast. So anybody who knows who I am on campus, if you hear something wrong with this podcast, like literally hear something wrong with it, don't hesitate to reach out to me. I am a senior uh, information systems and management dual major at the Walton College. And in the past, uh, actually last summer, I had a eight week virtual internship with Texas Instruments. And uh, after I graduate in May, I will be going to work in an Amazon fulfillment center in their human resources department. Awesome. Well, that's great to hear. You guys are all extremely busy and are doing very successful things. Um, so if we're starting a little bit with just like the internship process, um, Ryan and Sam, I know that you guys said that you had experience with some virtual internships. Um, how was the application process like for you guys? Sure, Ryan, do you want to go ahead? Sure. So mine was probably not uh, typical for most people going through the process right now. Um, I had 
talked to PWC, which was my virtual internship. I had talked to them since freshman or sophomore year um, to get to know them and the different people at the offices. So it was a pretty long um, networking experience, I guess, before the actual internship. Um, and it was supposed to be an in-person internship. So um, it was, I got the internship before COVID started. So they were planning on everything being in person. Obviously COVID changed that uh, at the beginning of 2020. So it shifted to more of a virtual uh, training or kind of getting to know about the company and getting to know about the things that I would do in a role um, full-time. And so the application process looked a lot like a traditional internship for um, you know, one that would be in person, but once the, uh, once PWC decided that it would be virtual, there was a lot of communication between me and the head recruiter and the people at the office, um, and various things like that. Just asking if I had any questions, uh, making sure that I knew what the process would look like and figuring out all the logistics of that, uh, and just making sure that I was comfortable. So they handled it really well in terms of making sure that everything ran smoothly and it ended up being a great internship. Yeah, so I, I think uh, one thing that I'd like to point out there that Ryan maybe didn't touch on as much is how he mentioned that his uh, internship opportunity came out of a long-term relationship with a company. That's something that's really important. And I really recommend, especially freshmen, um, try to take advantage of, even in this virtual environment. Uh, so I did the same thing with Enterprise. And even though I didn't get an internship with them, that definitely would have helped my chances had I pursued one with them. Uh, contrary to Ryan, though, my internship like application process was really kind of out of nowhere. Um, and not at all based on any past relationship with anyone. Um, so I was particularly looking for human resources internships at large companies, because uh, that's what I want to do for a career. It is, as I mentioned earlier, what I am going to be doing for a career. And um, I just sort of came across Texas Instruments really by chance and applied on their website and... Um, that that was really all there was to it. I went through the application process. I got an offer. It was supposed to be in person in Dallas, and then obviously it wasn't. Um, I would say, though, with respect to the application process, Kira, you asked about how that might differ um, virtually compared to in person. And I would say that it does depend on the individual company, whether they're going to want to have in-person interviews or not. Uh, but most of the time they won't. The only exceptions to that are the set of companies that are partnered with the Career Center on the Walton campus or whatever your campus is to any non-university students who are listening. Um, because those people will usually set up interviews on campus. So like at our university, that's companies like Aldi, uh, several of the big four accounting firms, um, I think Hilton as well. But TI does not do that. Uh, for the University of Arkansas, we're not a target school. And so that can make sure that everything will move online. Um, and then, but but yeah, that's pretty much it. The only other thing I think is worth mentioning maybe is the prevalence of on-demand interviews, though I don't think that's so much a function of virtual, virtual internships and applying for virtual internships as it is just the way things are going. Um, but, and, and that's where you record your it's like a it's like a video interview but there's no interviewer 
uh, your asked questions and you pre-record responses at a time that's convenient to you, you. And it can be a very unnerving experience because you don't get to see how the recruiter is reacting. Um, and because, you know, I know at least for me, when I have the opportunity to record something, I will record it about 20 times until it's exactly the way I want it to. And depending on the settings that the company does, you may not be able to record it more than once. So it is a very, very nerve wracking experience, but it's also a good thing to try. And if you can find an opportunity to practice an on-demand interview, do it. Because I think that that's the direction that especially larger companies are heading with their application process. Right. Yeah, that's why I definitely wanted to ask if you guys had had experience with online interviewing, um, specifically like through the application process, because I know a lot of my friends um, who are applying for internships or have gotten one, they did a lot of that kind of internship um, interview. Um, personally, my internship for this summer um, it's going to be virtual, but the whole application process was virtual as well. Um, however, it was very different from what you were saying, Sam. It was mainly just like doing an application, kind of like a Google form kind of format, um, not through Google form, but just how it was laid out. And then the interview process was actually sending YouTube videos um, to the employer. And so once you like pass that specific level, um, then they did like a phone interview to, to just talk to you um, and give you a little bit more feedback on like the application that you had yourself and then what they expect from the company. Um, so Mia, I know that you just recently started working um, for Deloitte, but have you had a, any kind of like insight on maybe how they're managing their interns this year? Yeah, I definitely do. I had three interns underneath me this year, so that was super exciting. Um, we just did like weekly check-ins um, to kind of keep them going throughout the internship process. I will say they worked a lot, so they had a lot of exposure to things that you would typically see during busy season for accounting. Um, we also did like games and virtual kind of like fun activities for 15 to 20 minutes throughout each week to keep in touch with these interns and kind of give them a glimpse of what it would actually be like in the office. Um, but yeah, it was actually pretty easy to keep in touch with them. I think the hardest thing for interns is just asking questions um, and being able to set time on the calendar to talk to people and to ask and feeling kind of like you're invading people's time. Um, but I think everyone on at least my team was super accommodating and we really liked helping them gain that exposure. So it seemed like a really good experience, even virtual. Yeah, that's definitely something um, to look forward to. So from that experience, um, have you seen like a big shift or like what was the biggest determining factor um, that just kind of stood out to you between your in-person internship and your virtual internship? Well, there's a lot of pros and cons, obviously, for in-person and virtual. I have to admit, I very much like the virtual environment. I think there's a lot of flexibility. I think companies are now starting to realize that you can work from a different location and still be virtual, which is really exciting. Um, but I will say the in-person, you know, there's no lunches anymore. There's no getting together and just having a chat in the office, you know, just kind of that social aspect of work. And I think the biggest problem now, especially in accounting, is the separation of work and home, you know, because your computer is there. You don't go home from an office. So 
10 o'clock at night and you feel like you want to get back on your computer, people are on their computers. And so there's a lack of separation. So I think if people work a lot more, um, which can be a negative for some, but I think there's also a lot of flexibility. You know, you can go work out at, during your lunch. That's something you probably wouldn't be able to do in the office. There's no business professional getting ready for work, spending the hour in traffic. There's just been a lot that a lot of people have liked about it. So I know at least for Deloitte and for other big four companies, they're really considering more of a hybrid schedule doing in-person and virtual. And I just think that that's the best opportunity for a lot of people. Yeah, I definitely think that um, Mia touched on the, the issues with separation between work and, uh, you know, the home life. And that's something I struggled with significantly during my Texas Instruments internship. Uh, to provide a bit of context, I, at the time, I was in a one-bedroom apartment that was like 600 square feet. Uh, my bedroom was immediately behind me. The desk where I had my entire computer set up, because they gave me a laptop, but I had monitors that I was using for my desktop, um, is like the same place where I do all of my personal computer work as well, and all of my gaming as well. So it's like, where does the line stop and start? Um, and one of the things that I cannot stress enough uh, that I think is really important to consider is, you know, most people don't think about it, but the drive to and from work or the walk to and from work or the ride to and from work, that's 10 to 20 minutes each way, usually, for most people for you to both get into and get out of the work mood. And I definitely took that for granted before my virtual internship. And so what you have to do is you have to create that commute. And I know it sounds like a waste of time, but if you don't create that a commute, what ends up happening is that you are unable to effectively start and you are unable to effectively stop working especially with how communication advancements and technology advancements, great as they are, mind you, they're, they're fantastic. Virtual private networks making, you know, remote work possible is fantastic. But of course, the downside of that is, well, when do you stop working, especially if you are? And I, I was not salaried as an intern. Uh, I can't imagine how hard it is for people who are salaried to start and stop working decisively. And that's probably, that's in my opinion, the most effective way to do it. Yeah, I think there's definitely um, pros and cons with that as well. I mean, I think Kiara and I last semester um, on one of our episodes, I can't remember which one it was, but we were talking about how much more time we seem to have um, in a virtual environment for things that, you know, usually you're walking to class for 15, 30 minutes, um, you know, four times a day, it becomes an hour of your time, right? If you don't have to do that anymore, you may be able to find better ways to use that time. Um, but it is important that just because you have that extra hour of time that you didn't before, it doesn't mean you have to use it um, for work or for school or things like that. Um, you know, there are other things like Sam, you mentioned that, you know, life isn't 24 seven, just working or just school or whatever. Um, and you know, if it, if you don't take that time for yourself or to kind of adjust your mindset or things like that, um, 
it can, it can hurt your mental health, right? Cause you're just constantly going all the time um, and there's no break, but I definitely think that it's, it's nice to have that flexibility. Um, obviously if you want to use that 10 to 20 minutes before work to that you would normally be um, commuting to sleep in a little bit or to work out or go for a run or something like that. Um, I think that's important that, and I think it's good that people have that flexibility now. Yeah, for sure. I'm very excited to just kind of see how like the work environment continues to adapt to this new um, way of working. Cause this is not something that, you know, before was like deemed possible. I know way before COVID um, many companies did not want people to go work at home. And so now companies are starting to see a lot of benefits that come with that. But again, there are some um, negative factors, but for those people that are, you know, right now are going to be having a virtual internship this summer. Um, what could they kind of expect to specifically when we're talking about structuring your day, um, at least from your experience, was it mainly like Zoom call meetings? Um, or is it more like task oriented where everything is asynchronous? Like what is something from your experience um, that you can like provide people that are expecting an internship to be virtual? for their work environment or their day to look like? Yeah, absolutely. So again, and I know this is broken record here, but the scope and scale of your work is going to vary drastically depending on the function that you are working in and the company that you are working for. So at Texas Instruments, my work was almost exclusively project-based. Um, it was it was semester term projects. Goodness, it's not a semester. It's not school. Um, but it was term projects over the course of the internship. Um, I think part of that is because I was in human resources at TI, and that's a field that lends itself towards you know, well, what are the long term initiatives that we can have interns be working on, as opposed to well, how do we have them take care of the day by day, which, and, and I and I know, I don't presume to know accounting like Ryan does, but I would imagine that his work just by the definition of accounting was probably more task-based than mine was. So one of the things you want to consider, I think, and I think this can help you in terms of like what work might interest you is think about the archetypal work of the fields that you are applying to, you know? And if you, especially if you know professors who have experience, who have career experience rather than our lifetime academics, um, or if you have friends or family or et cetera that have experience in those fields, ask them what can be expected out of entry-level positions in those fields, because they'll know, because they were there at some point. And the, I would say that definitely, you know, technology will keep things moving and will change things a lot. But I think the nice thing about the business professions is that the core of the work at the entry levels probably isn't much different now than it was, say, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, I think a couple of things to keep in mind with the shift from um, in-person to virtual is that everything's changing so quickly that it will vary greatly, like Sam said, between company and between um, role and everything like that. Um, but one thing that I've seen is that you have to keep in mind in a traditional in-person environment, how much time you would usually spend meeting with people. 
right? So you don't usually think about it whenever you're in an in-person environment, but um, you know, you're at your desk and someone walks by, you may have an interaction with them. Uh, you may have a question for your manager. So you have to, um, you know, ask them a real quick question or one of your coworkers or something like that. We take it for granted in a in-person environment um, because it doesn't seem like big tasks that we would have to accomplish. But that kind of carries over a little bit into a virtual environment too. You still have to keep up with your manager. You still um, should develop those relationships and networking uh, opportunities with your coworkers and other people in the organization. So it's important not to forget about that. And so that was one thing that, especially in my in-person in my in-person internship that I learned and that I've carried over through, is that you really have to keep up with the networking opportunities and get to know different people. Um, and so they know you. That's that's a really important thing with internships is that you both want to learn about what other people in similar roles or in the organization do, but they also should learn about you because the company may hire you. Um, the more people you know, the more they know of you um, and the more likely they are to want to work with you. And so when you're in a virtual environment, it can be really easy to just focus on your own project work or your own tasks and forget about meeting other people. Um, but still, it's important to focus on planning those Zoom times or those quick um, you know, catch up times with people just so that you can introduce yourself and they can tell you a little bit about them um, and kind of put a face with a name. Because without it, it's you're just, you know, another person in the on the team that they may not have met. Um, so I think that's one thing. If you're going into an internship that is virtual, definitely keep that in mind. Yeah, that's great that you mentioned that because I was actually going to segue into like the next topic and it was going to be about, you know, how do you network in a virtual environment? Uh, because I know that that's a very big concern for a lot of students right now because they're used to those little small chit chats, um, you know, between tasks or they're working you know, with a certain team and they're actually at the office. And so, especially for um, students that are doing internships, you know, they want to get to know the company culture a little bit more. They want to get to know people there. And then they also want to build those connections with the, you know, with the company. Um, so do you, do you guys have any tips or any advice um, from your previous experience or uh, Mia from your work experience on like how to really um, still have those genuine connections in a virtual environment? Yeah, I would say that probably the best advice I could give anybody would be to throw time on the calendar to meet with people randomly. That sounds weird and it, it is uncomfortable. Of course, as an intern, you might feel a little discomfort with that, but throwing some time on the calendar, 15 minutes here or there, people want to talk that's what you normally would do at work. You would have those conversations and you don't really get that in a virtual world. So people are really happy to meet with you. There's so many people in the firm that know so much more than you do, or they might be connected to an opportunity that you really want to plug into. And so I've done that and I absolutely love it. And that expands my network completely. Um, and I think trying to attend as many virtual events as possible, it is uncomfortable and it kind of stinks because you work all day on a computer and then you got to join like, you know, a virtual event after work. But I will say you are meeting people, you are IMing, you are, you know, having Zoom chats and it does build a network that's going to really help when we do, you know, kind of bridge the gap when we do go back to work. So that way you kind of recognize people because for a lot of people, if you're starting at a whole new place interning, you don't know anybody, you know, so those connections are super important once you get started full time. 
So I would just say throw time on the calendar and meet with as many people as possible. I think that's one thing that Mia mentioned that's um, really important for people to remember is that people want to talk, right? They, they want to have those um, networking or even just short conversations with people because that's what we've missed most, um, you know, by going virtual. And so if you're an intern coming into a company that you're like, well, I don't really feel comfortable scheduling time with, um, you know, someone a couple levels above me or something like that because um, I don't want to seem like a burden. You're not, right? I mean, they want to get to know who's on their team and who's at the company just as much as you do. Um, and so as long as you're professional and, um, you know, you're not just there to, you know, just take up their time, right? And, you know, there's, it's really important for you to kind of have that exposure to people across the organization. Yeah, and, and I think one of the things that you can take advantage of in larger companies, and yeah, I'm biased, I'll, I'll admit that, is that larger companies are international, and even if you're not super into international business, I mean, I didn't major in it, in it um, and even if you're not into international travel, though I did go abroad a couple of times in college, um, a lot of the times, you know, you'll have partners who work internationally. And it can really help both as a professional and as a person to get the cultural perspective of people who are outsiders, I guess not outsiders to American business because they're working for American companies. But the idea is, is that they have to work for American companies in the context of the culture of the nation that they are part of. So for example, at Texas Instruments, several of my direct contacts were people who worked in the Philippines, and I knew absolutely nothing about the Philippines prior to working at the company. And I don't know if I'll ever go there, and I don't know if I'll, you know, learn more about the Philippines. But it was a fascinating experience. And you know, when I was, I also, you know, because I really like Japan, I've been there, love the country, and all that stuff. I met with the person who directs the HR structure in Japan. And, you know, we had a really great experience talking to each other. And so kind of on top of that whole think about, you know, put time on the calendar to contact people, uh, you know, also be thinking about, you know, who is it that you want to talk to? Because it doesn't just have to be people in your immediate circle. Uh, and then the second part of that, though, is that while I recommend putting time on the calendar, you also need to put time on the calendar for your work. Um, especially in large companies, if you don't do that, what will end up happening is that you'll have meetings all day and you won't get what you need to get done done. Um, and so it's a tough balancing act and not one that I'm going to pretend I know the answer to to decide what things am I gonna participate in that are these group events or these, these discussions, these one-on-ones, and when am I gonna put my head to the ground and get my work done? But that is something you have to consider, especially in a virtual environment because it's often easier in a in-person environment to stop a conversation when you, when you need to, like, or when it's done 
But if you put 30 minutes or even an hour on the calendar, you'll feel the need, even though you don't think you will, you will, you'll feel the need to use all 30 or all 60 of those minutes. And that can be really detrimental to your workflow if you do it at critical points in the day or critical days in the week. Yeah, so overall, would you would you guys say that one major key to succeeding and just kind of standing out in a virtual environment would be to put yourself out there and really connect and network with other people, even, um, you know, even though like it is a virtual engagement, but just making it seem more so that you are like an in-person job. Without question. Yes, definitely. And I think it's something that is even more of a factor in a virtual environment than an in-person environment. I mean, I think it's important in both. Um, and it's something that I received feedback in in my first internship is that I came into it with the mentality that I need to focus really strongly on just the work that I do, um, make sure that that's really, really good. And, um, you know, I was very busy. I had a lot of things on my plate. And so I devoted the time to the work and the, um, you know, the things that were assigned to me. And so, you know, a couple of weeks in, I hadn't really done a lot of networking. Um, I hadn't made those times. I hadn't put it on my calendar to meet with different people across the organization. Um, and it was something that was mentioned to me by my manager that it's really important to do. And so that was something that I, um, you know, took into, I made that a part of my internship and it was very valuable because not only did I learn a lot about what other people do, they learned about me. So it's something, especially in a virtual environment, it's it's just something you have to do um, and you have to balance the work and the networking uh, because they're both very important. Yeah, I mean, to add on that, I think, you know, you're going to have check-ins and performance reviews as you go through your job, especially when you start full-time. Those will eventually, you know, reflect in your bonus and your promotions and Part of the thing that I think people forget is everybody at a firm is usually pretty smart. Everybody's ambitious. You know, a lot of people have these goals or have graduated from top colleges and done great things. But at the end of the day, you know, do people like you? And you think that's not as important, especially even in, in a virtual environment, but it is so important because when you are having those short IMs and making jokes or, you know, hopping on a Zoom call to talk about something and you can talk about your weekend, that's going to go a really long ways with your team and with other people and people are going to remember you want to work with you you know and those performance reviews are usually going to be a little bit higher if people value you and think you're funny or think you contribute you know a little bit of fun to the team so I think people forget that it's not just you know about the work you very much want to differentiate yourself by being very personable with your team and other people. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's kind of like that one saying, I actually, I can't really remember how it goes, but it's just basically like talking about how, you know, skills can be taught, um, but there are just certain things like interpersonal skills, and like building connections, that that's something that just has to happen organically. And if people, you know, if you don't reciprocate well with people, or if you don't talk to people, um, they're really not going to be able to make that connection. So that's, that's great to hear, because I definitely know um, that that is something important to do. Um, and it is a little bit harder in a virtual setting, um, but it's just something that you have to put forward. Yeah, and that transitions into leadership as well. Um, if you think about that, if obviously as an entry-level um, associate or whatever, 
you're not probably thinking immediately about, you know, how to become a leader or something, um, especially like a manager in the organization. But leadership qualities, a lot of times are interpersonal qualities, um, how you interact with others, how people uh, react to you, um, and kind of, you know, those relationships that you build. So it's important, especially if you are wanting to move up uh, within the organization and even be a leader at the level that you are. I don't think leadership is confined to just people at the top level. Um, it's for people throughout the organization. So just making sure that you um, commit to those to develop your inter interpersonal skills um, and, you know, focus on not only doing great work, um, but also getting along very well with the other people uh, on your team. Yeah, I want to talk about the the meaning of leadership briefly as well. Uh, I'm very biased, you know, as I mentioned, I'm going to be going to Amazon when I graduate, but I absolutely love the Amazon leadership principles. Um, and uh, I won't recite them here, partially uh, because that would take too much time. But one of the things that I really want to focus on, and, and this is probably, at least in my opinion, I think it's one of the hardest like leadership activities to take part in. And that is to um, have backbone, but disagree and commit. Um, and that's one of the easiest ways to display leadership, even when you are not a leader. Uh, when, when I say not a leader, I mean uh, structurally in, in the organization chart. Um, but what disagreeing and committing is about, for those of you that don't know, is the idea of like, you are, you are, you should, you know, voice your opinion and you should speak for what you believe in, assuming that it's reasonably, uh, you've come to that conclusion in a rational and reasonable way. But if plans, if the plans that are made do not ultimately align with you, and what you think should be done, you should nonetheless commit to doing them. Um, and I think that that's something that's hard for a lot of people, myself included, because obviously you want to see what you believe in be the thing that is chosen to be done. But I think that you know, great learning experiences can come from seeing what happens when an alternative plan of action is the one that is actually put into place. And so long story short, everyone should look at those Amazon leadership principles. They're fantastic. Um, but that's one of the things I think you can really do in any company to display capacity for leadership, regardless of your position. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm glad that you shared that because I was going to ask you guys, um, when you guys were looking for the specific job that you guys are going to be doing post-graduation or currently in, what were some of those qualities that you were looking for? And how important was it that those qualities were met when you made the decision to work for that company? Uh, I guess I can start us off. So for me, like I mentioned earlier, wanted to work in human resources at a large corporation. That does narrow down my choices a lot more than I think a lot of people do, um, mainly because most people settle on the field but not the context of what they wanna work into, and that's fine. Uh, but I think one of the things that you have to consider, 
And one of the things that I consider very much is the concept of, of the, the golden circle. One of my favorite business books of all time is a book called Start With Why by Simon Sinek. And it evolved from this TED talk in which he explained the concept of actually the golden circle, where you have what people do on the outside, how people do it uh, at the next like sub-level, and right in the center is why people do things. People don't, and his, his refrain is people don't buy what you do, they buy why you do it. So when I looked at Amazon, the first thing they say in their leadership principles and not just their leadership principles, but practically every public communication they do regarding, you know, come work for us, is we want to be the world's most customer-centric company. They, they don't tell you that they're an e-commerce platform. They don't tell you that, you know, they, they do all kinds of tech stuff and cloud computing like Amazon Web Services. They tell you why they do Amazon cloud computing and why they do e-commerce because they want to be the most customer centric company. Because if you, if you think about it, right, e-commerce and cloud computing have very little to do with one another, but they are able to be linked through that purpose of why. Um, and so I think that that's, at least for me, and I, but I do think for everyone, that's really important in determining where you want to work long-term, not only from the company's perspective, but from your personal perspective. So if you have a clear sense of why as to what you want to achieve professionally and personally, so for example, what I want to achieve professionally and personally is I want to, you know, be, I want to continue climbing in HR. And the reason why I want to do it though is rooted in the fact that I'm physically disabled and I want to, and that turned me into someone who wants to inspire other people to do what they think in their lives could be impossible. And so that's something that I think is really helpful to think about because if you can tie the things that you do back to a clear sense of purpose, um, it makes you stand out as a candidate in much the same way that companies who have a clear sense of purpose will stand out to the candidates themselves. Yeah, I completely agree with what Sam said. It's, it's really important to ask yourself that why question as you're going through. Um, I think to me, the one thing that I focused on most strongly um, going through the process is just looking for a company that reflected my values and a company that I could work at and feel good about the work that I'm doing and um, the impact that I was having on, you know, society. And so, you know, I ended up choosing Walmart uh, because of the massive impact that it has, right? 90% um, of people live within 10 miles of a Walmart. I love that statistic. And it just shows how um, impactful it is for many people in the United States, right? It's, it's one of those things that we kind of take it for granted sometimes, but it's it's something that provides a fantastic service to people, um, you know, to get groceries and to get items at a low cost um, and a convenient location. And so that's something that I could see myself working for a company like that uh, because of the impact that they have on society. And so I just, I took that with me uh, into my internship and I will continue to take it into my career as that's that's the driving force behind what I'm doing, 
right? It's, it's not necessarily that I want to climb the corporate ladder or um, just, you know, focus on what can get me to the next level. Uh, Cause I think that will come with doing the things that provide value or that um, are impactful on society as a whole. I think people are rewarded for the work that they do um, if it is valuable. And so I think focusing on that and focusing on the impact that you can have uh, is really important to not only help society, obviously, but also, um, you know, develop your career. And as you go and meet people and um, continue to do great work, I think that that will uh, be reflected in how you move throughout the organization or throughout your career. Yeah, I really loved everything that Ryan touched on. I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, in accounting, especially they start recruiting sophomore year. So in sophomore year, my goals are like, oh, I want to be super ambitious. You know, they flash the partners and you just want to be at the top. And then, you know, in my junior and senior year, it became more of, oh, what do I value? You know, I value diversity. I want to see women in the firm. I want to see policies that support moms. You know, I want to have kids. So, you know, what kind of insurance and family and how do they support that? How is the company going to support me and my goals? Because I think it's really easy as a college student to think, okay, I need to get a job, right? And then you're going to work in that job for the next 40 years. But also, what else are you going to do outside of that job? You know, you're going to have a life, you're going to have kids or travel or, you know, whatever it is you want to do your passions and does your firm, you know, support that? I think that that's the most important part is to find a firm that supports, as Ryan said, your values and also what you want to achieve personally. And I think if you find a firm that does that, that's going to increase your happiness at your job long-term. Yeah, that's great that you guys share that. I definitely agree on the fact that, you know, your level, like your work life, kind of how we've been saying your work life and your um, personal life are very different um, and they should remain different um, and you should be able to find a good balance between both of them. Um, so Mia, specifically to you, how was your process, like your, you know, like going from a college student to working full-time for a firm, how has that been for you and kind of what were some of your expectations um, versus reality? Well, it was definitely a little bit of an adjustment, I must admit. I think getting set up at home and not taking into account things like, I don't know if y'all heard the Texas snowstorm and Wi-Fi being out and all of that. That's really been an interesting adjustment. But I think more importantly, when you graduate college, I think you forget about all the things that are adulting, you know, the 401k, the insurance. And I think that was most surprising to me was when I started, I had no idea what I was doing, didn't know what to do. Virtual training really doesn't cover kind of everything. It's just a lot of Zoom meetings all day long, which, you know, is kind of a bummer. It's a little bit different than the in-person. So I definitely missed out on a little bit of that. And I think that made it a little bit harder to start. Um, but I was very lucky and I rejoined a team that I was on that I interned with. So I knew a lot of the people and that really helped me. But I will say getting to meet people in your start class or, you know, other people that are being hired at the same time is a little bit more difficult to connect and make those connections, you know, via IM or Zoom or whatever. And so that was that was definitely a little bit different, but I will say I've grown into it and I thoroughly enjoy it now. I don't think you get as much in-person interaction as maybe I would like, but I think there's a lot of pros to being virtual. And I think you can be more productive sometimes in a smaller amount of time. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing. That's awesome. Um, do you 
have like a recommendation for when students should start looking for jobs? Um, like what, what do you recommend? I mean, I would say as soon as possible, of course, be proactive about it. Um, I think more importantly than looking for a job is just making connections. I think when you go to career fairs, your whole mindset is I need to snag a job, you know, but the craziest thing is that most of the time, those job offers, those opportunities, those internships come out of one conversation that really sparks something that helps you connect to a recruiter, that helps you connect to someone who's within the firm. And that's honestly, I know Sam kind of touched on international. I had the opportunity to do an international internship and that was all because of one conversation one conversation with someone else saying oh I love to travel and her telling me oh I went to London through Deloitte and me saying well I want to go somewhere through Deloitte and then she was the one who helped me kind of make that happen it wasn't something I was really seeking and so I don't think it's about looking for a job I think it's about as soon as you're a freshman as soon as you're a sophomore make yourself go to the career fairs introduce yourself talk to people it'll help you get more comfortable it'll help you feel more in your own skin and you'll start to realize that these aren't just recruiters these are also people who have lives who want to chit chat who want to get to know you and that's what truly will make you someone that their firm wants to hire yeah i think that was something that uh, we mentioned earlier in the conversation about you know work life versus personal life and how it's important to distinct you know to uh, create a distinction between the two i don't necessarily agree um, with that to the entirety of what a lot of people may think when they hear that, because especially when you're going through networking events or things like that, it's very similar to friendships, right? The relationships that you build with employers who become your coworkers is very similar to friendships. You can't go into it expecting to build a friendship by asking someone for something, right? That, that doesn't work because um, that's not built on anything that will last. Right. So if you go into a career fair, you go into a networking event with the mindset that I want to get to know someone, I want to find common ground, and I want to develop a connection with them, that will go a lot farther than I want to get a job. Right. So start as early as you can, because I know a lot of freshmen and sophomores may not even be wanting a job at that point. Right. And there may be study abroad opportunities or things like that that you may prioritize freshman, sophomore year before you get an internship. And that's completely okay. But that doesn't mean that you don't, you shouldn't develop the connections with, you know, potential employers or, um, you know, one day coworkers, right? Get to know them. You don't necessarily have to just get to know them if you're looking for a job. They want to know you as well. And they obviously, like, we've all developed connections with employers throughout our years and it has benefited us uh, because they know of us, we know of them, and we know more about what they do and what they are looking for as we go through our college career. And so I think for me, at least, that was something that um, very really benefited me because I started interviewing not for jobs, but just to get to know them and so they could get to know me freshman, sophomore year. And so, you know, it worked out very well in terms of I wasn't looking for a job at that point, but I was junior, senior year. And then perfect, right? They knew of me, I knew of them, and it just worked out really well. Yeah, I definitely agree. Last podcast episode, we actually talked and covered that a little bit about how important it was um, to build those genuine connections with employers and just anybody in general, uh, that it's not so much about like networking, um, 
in a way of like you said, you know, like getting a job or like having a distinct, like, Hey, here's basically like my resume, like I'm letting you know. Um, but it's about building those small relationships and like really, really investing in them. Um, because in the end, that's really what's going to, um, pay off. Um, and I think that that is really cool that you did mention that. And also, I, I personally believe that even those experiences can help you figure out what you want to do with a career. Um, because, you know, sometimes you don't know, you know, like what you want to do. So, you know, when you start looking for a job, it shouldn't only be about like, hey, like Mia said, hey, I need a job like right after college. But if you talk to all these people, you have all of these experiences, um, you do these internships like we're talking about here. Um, you know, it's not all necessarily about like, hey, like this is what I love. Like if you have that experience and you realize I, this is not really what I want to do. Like, that's also good. And I think that's important to kind of like highlight, um, because it's all a learning process. And, you know, at the end of the day, you will end up getting a job after college, but that might not be your dream job. And that might not be the job that you see yourself for the next 65 years or so. Um, and that's fine because you can move around and you have that flexibility, but you can only do that if you really invest in that network, like you said, Brian. All right. Well, um, what is y'all's best advice for just developing adaptability um, as both students and professionals, um, especially during this time? I can start us off here. I think the biggest thing is obviously we've all gone through a lot of different advice um, throughout this conversation. So I'd um, say I would echo everything that I and Sam and Mia have said before, um, and you know, make that the advice. But also, just know that you're not going into this alone. Um, especially in a virtual environment, it's it places a lot more on you, or it seems to place a lot more on you to make sure that you have everything lined up. You know exactly what you're doing. Um, that you know you shouldn't need any help because your manager's not sitting next to you anymore for you to ask a question. But it's important to realize that you're not in that position that you think you are. And so if you have questions, um, if you're not sure what you're doing, if you need clarification on something, it's really easy to reach out, send a message, um, you know, schedule a quick call, something like that, that, you know, you don't want to spend a lot of time on something that isn't working um, or that, you know, you are doing wrong potentially um, just to have to go back and redo it. So making those connections with people so that you can reach out and clarify things um, is really important. And I think that'll be important in an internship uh, when you're coming right into something that you don't have a lot of experience with, um, as well as when you start your career, right? It's always a learning experience. You're always learning something new um, and other people are there to help you out and you can help them, right? It's, it's a relationship. You can help, both, you can help them, they help you um, and everyone benefits. So I think that would be uh, the advice that I would add to what we said earlier. Yeah. Um, on top of, you know, everything that has already been said, obviously, which I all completely agree with. Um, I think that a virtual environment, I mean, and when I say virtual, I'm not strictly referring to the COVID here. I'm referring to the ongoing digitization of the workplace. Um, a virtual environment does not or sorry, let me restate that. 
a virtual environment requires a high quality virtual presence. And what I mean when I say that is that if you are aspiring to work in the business world, you need to have a LinkedIn and it needs to be good. And you need to have a resume that you can email to people and that it is good. Um, what I mean by a good LinkedIn page is, is something that, you know, there's no one right way to do it. But one of the things that I strongly believe in when it comes to the relationship between resumes and LinkedIn pages is that you place a link to your LinkedIn page on your resume and your resume is a condensed one page or maybe two page if you're like a 10 year career professional, um, but usually one page. It is a condensed statement of your abilities that should drive people to your LinkedIn page where you talk about things in full detail, paragraph format. Um, see a lot of the time um, when, when people come into the, to the BCL, I'll see a, uh, I'll see LinkedIn profiles that are essentially carbon copies of resumes. And don't get me wrong, having something there is better than nothing. And resumes, and, and you know, when you put something there and it is the same thing as your resume, it can be professional, it can be good. But I, but I also think that when you do that, you're missing out on the opportunity to show more of yourself. Um, when somebody goes to your LinkedIn, you have drawn their attention and you have captured their willingness to learn more about you. So there should be more to learn about. Um, that's why, for one thing, I don't recommend including skills sections on resumes because you can um, you can expand on that on LinkedIn. And honestly, most online application portals have a designated section for skills so that you don't have to include it on your resume. Uh, but that is another, that is another thing. At the, at the end of the day, I, I think that the value of a active, high quality LinkedIn presence cannot be understated in a world where information flows at such volume and such velocity as it does today. Yeah, I think to kind of add on that, for me, adaptability is very much a mindset. You know, there are always going to be new technology, new data systems, new things to learn. People are going to know things that maybe you don't, you know, especially in accounting and in a lot of other um, professions, there's things like coding and SQL and all these advanced technologies that are kind of coming out. And the, the root of that is, you know, are you willing to learn? Is that your mindset? You know, when something comes your way, are you willing to try it? Are you, as they kind of say, and one of the best pieces of advice I've ever gotten is be comfortable with being uncomfortable, you know, be ready to be in a state of discomfort, push yourself to try new things, push yourself to not really settle for just what you do consistently and try new things. And usually that's, you know, how adaptability really happens in the firm. It's because people are willing to learn and people are willing to try it. And so I think that's probably the best advice I could give for adaptability. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you guys so much for sharing. Um, just before we go, I have one final question. So if you could go back and give yourself um, like a pep talk or just 
anything that you would have wanted to know before you started your virtual internship or your virtual job, what would it be? Take a breather. Um, I am someone who is very, um, I would say I'm very focused on, I'm very future oriented. And the and and it's something that I actually came to terms with a couple of days ago, where it's like, you know, I've had so many great experiences in my life that I'm so incredibly fortunate for, and so many people that I've met in my life that I'm so thankful for that I simply do not think about, and I don't really reminisce about because I'm always thinking about what comes next. And planning ahead is fine. Um, you know, it's there's absolutely value in planning ahead. Um, because if you don't have a clear image of where you're going, you're not going to get there. Um, but at the same time, there is meaning to be had in life and life's events after they have occurred. And if you don't stop to think about that, it's going to, you know, first of all, there's things that you can learn from going back and thinking about things that you've done in the past, the person that you've been, the people that you've worked with, the work that you've done, but it's also just a nice opportunity to think about, you know, your life in general and how have you created value for other people? How have you created value for the environments that you've been part of? And I would say that that's a huge regret that I haven't focused as much on that as I really should have, even as recently as, you know, today. Um, I think for me, it would be don't sell yourself short. Uh, because especially entering into internships or full-time jobs, it can seem like you are um, not prepared for what you're about to undertake, right? It can be intimidating to, um, you know, start something new, start a new stage of your life. Um, and it's important to know that, yes, you will not know everything. Yes, there is plenty of room to grow. Um, you will be learning constantly. But that doesn't mean that you don't know anything, right? There's there's a lot of, I mean, we went through college, you have four years of education to get to that point. Um, so you do know a lot about what you will be um, starting in, right, in your career. And you will be able to provide a lot of value and do a lot of good work. And it's important to trust yourself to do that work. Um, and I think that was something going into my first internship after sophomore year. I didn't feel prepared enough to do the work that I was doing going into it, um, when in reality, I was prepared. And what prepared me was, um, you know, obviously my education and just having that mindset of this is something that I can do. Uh, and this is something that if I put hard work into this, it'll pay off. And so if you're intimidated, if you, um, you know, suffer from imposter syndrome or things like that, uh, just trust yourself to do good work and put in the effort to do that work, right? It's not going to be easy, and there will be a lot of time that uh, you will have to invest in order to develop yourself, develop your skills, um, and develop in your career, but you can do it. And, um, you know, putting that time in and making those connections, 
will pay dividends in the long run. Love the accounting joke there. Uh, I, I think for me, if I could go back and tell myself anything, I think it would be to not get too fixated on, you know, I guess for me, just more like academics and grades and GPA, you can get really caught up in that in college. And I'm not saying GPA and grades aren't important because they are. But I think sometimes, you know, I would spend extra hours studying or extra hours working on something when there wasn't really that life balance, you know, whether that was hanging out with my friends and just enjoying college, because once you're adulting, but you don't really get, you know, spring breaks and Christmas breaks, those go away. And so really taking advantage of that time with people to network and also just for things I enjoy outside of school hobbies. Um, that's something now that I'm in the workplace, it's something I'm really working on trying to balance that when I'm working and sitting at my computer, I'm working really hard and putting in my best effort. But then when I step away, I really am kind of, as Sam said earlier, taking time for myself, you know, really setting aside those boundaries, because I think that's super important going forward. And I think we kind of forget to do that, especially if in college you were someone who was super ambitious and involved in a lot of things. I think it kind of helps to take that step away and reevaluate other things that are going on in life and give some of your time to those other important things. Yeah, I think you guys all shared some very like good insight and, you know, it just shows um, like how important it really is to just find the right balance in life and, you know, not to just overthink the whole process of the internship and realize that you really do have like what it takes to succeed. Um, so thank you guys so much for sharing. I really hope that our listeners are able to learn a lot from you all's past experience. Um, and hopefully this puts them at ease a little bit if they're getting into a whole virtual job or internship environment. So if you like what you heard, please download and subscribe where you get your podcast. And while you're at it, follow us on Instagram at Walton Biz Talk. That is all for this week. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with more casual conversations about professional things. You got this, everyone. Thanks for having us here, Kiara. Thank you.